Good morning, everyone. This coming Friday, as you saw, December 3rd, at evening worship, and I want you to know you all are invited. Uh, it, was an, uh, it will be uh, an awesome night. My favorite uh, speaker, Pastor Jay, will preach, and I will, I will part of the you know, worship team too, and then come and join us if you have a desire to uh, freely worship. Today is the uh, first day of Advent. Advent is a time of expectant waiting for the celebration of the Nativity of Christ. Each week of Advent will be dedicated to remembering a key biblical theme that was fulfilled in the arrival of Jesus, peace, hope, joy, and love. So today, we will dig deeper on peace. Let me give you some backgrounds for today's scripture, John chapter 20. Early on Sunday morning after Jesus was crucified, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb where Jesus' body was buried and found that the tomb was empty. Shocked. And she searched here and there, but she failed to find Jesus' body. Now she's standing outside the tomb and she was whipping while she was crying. And she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him yet. She thought he was a gardener. Jesus called her name Mary. As soon as she heard Jesus' unique gentle voice calling her name, which was so familiar to Mary that she has heard many, many times, she intuited that Jesus has risen. And Jesus said to her, go and find my brothers, meaning his disciples, and tell what you saw. Now let me read the following stories, which is today's scriptures. Would you stand, please? It's from Gospel John chapter 20, verse 18 to 22. Let me read. I think, I think the other scripture will be on the slide. So Mary found the disciple and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind the locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Mary must be shouted with excitement. Whether the disciple believe or not, it's a fact that all the disciples heard that Jesus had risen from the dead. In fact, some of the disciples 
including Peter and John, confirmed with their own eyes that Jesus' tomb was actually empty. Everyone, imagine the sin. Think as you were there with the disciple. Again, it was an evening about 12 hours after they found out Jesus is alive. Then all the disciples gathered. What image can you see if you were one of the disciples? Do you suppose they were overjoyed with the news of the resurrection of Jesus and throwing a party with finally remembering and understanding that Jesus would die and be resurrected three days later? No. No, it was the exact opposite. Verse 19 proves it. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked the door because they were so afraid of the Jewish leaders. The wonderful news they heard from Mary didn't change their life in the slightest. Their mentality still remained at the time when Jesus died on the cross. They still had a state of the fear, insecurity, and filled with the doubt. Look, they locked the door tight to make sure no one could enter. With the lack of stability, they were legit, and they tried their best to avoid any harm. In today's scripture, what were they afraid of? Jewish leaders. The disciples were still afraid of the Jewish leaders who had led Jesus to death. Yes, his death was so vivid and they were traumatized and they couldn't come out of it, comes out of it. So they may assume that the religious leaders who heard the news of Jesus' bodies missing would definitely arrest the disciple to interrogate them about where's about Jesus' body. The disciple perhaps worried if they would also be crucified if necessary. The message Mary has delivered had no power in them yet. Emmanuel, how about us? How the gospel affects our life, our daily lives. Like the disciple in today's story, haven't we heard already the meaning of Jesus' death, ministries, his death and resurrection? Theologically and historically, we may have a better understanding than them. Not only that, we are surrounded by many, many Marys who says, I have seen the Lord, I have seen the Lord. Through more accumulated testimonials for the last 2,000 years, we have heard how powerfully, miraculously, Jesus working in the Word. Even so, does the good news bring you a permanent state of the living in, joy, peace, and content? Or does it just bring a short, momentary, emotional excitement of hearing them?
Depression among adults in the United States tripled in the early 2020 month of the global pandemic, jumping from 8.5% before the pandemic to a staggering 27.8%. The research from Boston University School of Public Health reveals that the elevated of depression has persisted into 2021 now and even worsened climbing to 32% and affecting one in every three American adults. How about you, Emmanuel? How has your life been in the last six months? Do you feel like what's happening in the world affects you far greater than the power of Jesus being born, died, and resurrected? Today, if any of us are still being caught in a certain fear or anxiety by unchanging situation in your lives, may God speak to you with his peace. While we are in fear, Jesus is standing near you and me to show himself to you and me and he no rebuke on the disciple who did not understand, understand the will of God. Instead, Jesus greeted his disciple, peace be with you. Yes, he said, peace be with you. Jesus wants to give you his peace. In John chapter 14, 27, Jesus promised, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind, and a heart, and the peace I give you is the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. My peace I gave unto you. It's a peace that the world cannot give. It's a peace that the world cannot understand. Peace to live, peace to know, my peace I give unto you. Not sure you know this song, but I used to sing this song a lot in Korean when I was young. Every time I read this verse and this song, I, I've always wondered about the peace the word cannot give. You know, there are two types of peace. They are pax and they are shalom. The first is the peace that the word gives. The second is the peace the world cannot give. It's the peace that only Jesus gives to you. The word peace as commonly used in English comes from the Latin Pax. The Roman Empire established its power by a theory known as Pax Romana. Roman peace started about the time of Caesar Augustus becoming the Roman emperor in 27 BC. During this time, 
the empire greatly expanded, reaching a maximum of up to 70 million people. There are wonderful accomplishments in architecture, the art, and the science. A part of the, their mastery was conquering a foreign people and then letting them self-rule under their authority. As long as the people submitted, they lived in peace. The peace that comes from this Pax Romana is the peace that comes from pressing force. The peace that comes from mobilizing troops, killing people, and punishing those who op oppose them. This peace is temporary. And if any of us enjoy the Pax Romana, it may cause someone to feel oppression and pain. Pax Romana categorizes the weak and the strong. The worldly peace is given when the weak become the victims of the strong. On the other hand, the ancient Hebrew concept peace, rooted in the word shalom, meant wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, and prosperity, carrying with it the implication of permanence. This shalom, peace, does not depend on conditions, but on relationships. When the parental relationship is unhealthy, all family members know no peace in this house. Likewise, shalom comes from restoring your relationship with God the Creator. This peace can be achieved only if we, the sinner, come to Him. Then Jesus forgives our sins through the cross and the resurrection power. Then the peace, the true shalom, can be pre pre present to us by reconciliation with God. Regardless of how high or low or of my possession, status, or honor, we can enjoy this shalom, peace in the very presence of the creator and savior in our life, being invited to and welcomed, we can stay in this peace the world cannot give, experiencing the wonder of God's presence. Do you know why the disciples still did not overcome their fears? It's because they still wanted Pax Romana from Jesus. You know that they witnessed Jesus powerfully casting out demons. They saw the miracle that many sick people have healed. They followed Jesus thinking Jesus had enough power to destroy the Roman Empire. This is the mentality of Pax Romana. How about us? How about you? Are we exactly thinking like the disciples? American top 10 fears in, in this years are loved one dying or becoming seriously ill, not having enough money for retirement, government corruption, medical, high medical bills, widespread civil unrest on and on. We Christians live in the world 
But we are not supposed to be conquered by the fear given by the word. The mentality of the Pax Romana asks us only if everyone in the family is healthy, only if we have enough money for our retirement, or if we have already bought a house, for example. Only we could say yes to all, you think you could have a peace, the limited peace. It could be the Pax Romana peace. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we couldn't prepare for the future. Family health, good retirement are so important. We should pray for it. However, we need to examine if we are caught up in those issues. Examine if you are getting afraid of, of those issues. We who are living in Shalom should fear the Lord, not fear what we see, what we hear. We confidently trust the Lord to care for us. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, You, O Lord, keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, O Lord. Don't fight restlessly alone in your battle to earn Pax Romana. Be free from fights for your fears. Just come to Jesus, trust in him completely. You all know this verse. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus told you. God wants give us his peace. He wants us to live in shalom so that you can find a strong sense of stability. So here's my question. How can we enjoy the peace that Jesus gives us? We can experience that peace when we meet the living God. Let me speak, repeat again. We can experience that peace when we meet the living God. In John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene left home early in the morning to the Jesus tomb. She went there. She went there looking for only the body of the dead Jesus. Mary Magdalene would be satisfied if only she can find the body. But she found the living and resurrected Jesus. And when the disciples were so afraid, the living Jesus revealed himself by showing his wounds of the cross. The wounds were the signs of shame and death, but now it functioned as the evidence of the living God. And the scripture said they were filled with joy. They met the living God not the God of the dead. Each morning around eight o'clock, it's my sacred time to encounter the Lord. I leave my cell phone, laptop in the office, but take my Bible and guitar and go to a quiet place in the church. I do believe when I seek Jesus, the living God, is making his presence known. 
Oh, how I love this time. I have an eagerness to seek his presence and his sight. I long to have an intimate relationship with the spirit of living God. I ask, what will the Holy Spirit say today? Sometimes God speaks to me while reading the Bible. The old, old ancient scripture that was written two or 4,000 years ago comes alive between my soul and my spirit. It is the moment when the Holy Spirit impressing through truth upon my spirit. Sometime while praising the lyrics that someone I don't know wrote becomes the true confession from my inner heart. beginning, I can hear sounds that I would not normally hear, such as the clock sound or the sound of the wind outside. Then I could hear the calm and gentle voice of the Lord. Christ become alive and the spirit is free to actively work in me. Sometime during the quiet time, I have, to be, I have to tell you to be honest, I found myself asleep without realizing it. Even in that, I rest without any guilt in the peace of the Lord. I told you I'm using some sacred place in the worship, in the church. Probably some staff of staff of Emmanuel would ask, where is Jongwa? I saw the car in the, the, in the parking lot. And then, and then one of the staff mentioned, oh, he's sleeping in room one to three. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm meeting with the living God. <laughs> Jesus is real. He's alive and personal in my life. I see Jesus, my living God, as never before. And I see myself filled with joy and shalom. Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quietened myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, it's like weaned child is my soul 
within me. I found this verse too is the best expresses living in shalom. Babies are vulnerable to scary sounds, darkness, and cold. However, despite all the fears and threats to their life, the moment the baby is embraced by his most trust mother, he feels most secured. If our youngest daughter Minha had a nightmare while sleeping, no matter how fun and great daddy I am, I have no use. She doesn't stop crying. I know. She only looks for her mom. If, she lie, if we lie quietly in the living God's presence, we are content and at peace. We can enjoy a sense of security there, regardless of any circumstances outside. This is the Hebrew shalom. Some of you know that I had a job before I come to U.S. My job was related to power plant. I loved this job. I worked hard. However, I resigned this job because I knew God called me to be a kingdom worker at the year of 2008. Then Yun and I came to a seminary here in Hatfield in 2009. In the U.S., it's illegal to get a job as an international student. During the four years of living here as a seminary student, some fear and insecurity had settled in the corner of my heart. It was about whether I could fulfill my responsibility as the head of the household for my life, uh, for my wife and the beloved children in this place with different languages and cultures. While fighting that fear, in 2014, a month before I was ordained in the Church of Nazarene here, I got a phone call from the previous company. And the boss said, tomorrow, let me send you a business airplane ticket for you to visit in Korea so that we, we have a meeting in Korea. Even before I asked why, he offered he, he offered he will hire me as an overseas project manager with four times higher salaries than I had before. And he guaranteed to buy a house for my family and all the expenses for the moving plus kid tuitions. I knew I wouldn't go back to Korea. But to be honest with you, I could not answer straight away. Although I knew God called me here, it was not easy to refuse right away. It was at the crossroad to lead me to different paths. One is a Pax Romana, the other was Shalom. I told my boss, give me a day. I will tell you my decision when you call me tomorrow morning. Next day, he called me back again at 8 o'clock in the morning. 
Even before he said hi, he told me that the company has a very bright future and plans he will invest a lot for overseas project when he finished his words. I refused his offer politely by saying that, Sir, I know here is where I have to be. And I'm grateful at what I'm doing. I'm content with what I have now. I'm sorry, but I cannot go back to Korea. After that phone call, I still remember the beautiful scenery in the morning. God's gentle voice was reaching out to me. Jongma, I know now no one take my seat in your heart. And I had a peace. I had a peace from my heart I cannot describe well. I'm sure it was the peace of shalom that only Jesus can give. Dear Emmanuel, I have a question for you. Where is the least peaceful place in your life? Which relationship gives you no peace? Is there a particular memory in your past where it brings you back to feeling sad, anxious, or anger? Or what makes you most afraid as I was afraid about my responsibility for my family? As the worship team leads the last song, they're going to sing my favorite song. I encourage you to have a special moment to ask the Spirit who is here to remind you of the places, the relationship, the past, and the present, even the future, where you sense the minor peace. If the Holy Spirit reminds you someplace there is no peace, stand up, pray, and cry out toward God to open up the heavens so that God make himself known in those place and relationship of you. Welcome the living God and proclaim that Jesus, the living God, is the master and that you trust in him. I can promise the gift only he can give the peace of mind and heart will be planted in you. Let's pray. Father, we know you are here. As our role should be open our hearts, speak to us. You never rebuke us as disciples so afraid Although they saw, they heard the message, Jesus has risen, but you said, peace be with you. Father, we open our hearts to welcome the living God, the more powerful than what is happening in our world, Father. We need the peace, the gift you gave to us, Father. Father, we 
kneel down before you as we're thinking of the, all of the place that we have no fear, we have fear, or we are afraid of. Come. You will become master in there. In Jesus' name we pray.